0: hey guys hope all is well um really cool podcast big ups from chicago um yeah really dope if you guys ever need a guest appearance or something i spit hot fire bars i'm super dope
1: super lyrical miracle hysterical biblical
2: scientifical mc check me out really dope content keep it up
3: Miracle. That was so good. Really dope content.
0: (laughs) Uh, Season four, uh, episode two of the Rap Rider show. I am one of your hosts, Eric. I'm Reed. I'm Manny. And our special
2: guest.
4: Hey, I'm Michelle.
0: Hey.
2: Hey. Hey. Welcome, Michelle. Can we talk about the freestyle real quick, though? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Really good.
3: (laughs) We need to... uh, we have to, so if you're listening, if you please send us audio messages, um, the more the merrier, the crazier the better, because um, that was great. We just, It can be like, we'll play it on the show, freestyle session, like uh, 106 and Park.
4: It honestly reminded me of, I feel bad because maybe the person's going to hear me talk about him, but... It reminded me of Rhythm and Flow on Netflix. I don't know if y'all watch that show. I'm so
3: scared to watch that. Cause it's
4: so bad, but I love it. Is it. Oh. it
3: is bad. It is bad. I'm like, there's never been a good New hip-hop episodes. show. There's never bad. been a good hip-hop talent show. So I'm just like, uh. I don't get why on the
2: New York show, they or the episode, they got like Fat Joe and Jadakiss, who are pretty pretty old. Like, you gotta respect them, but they're like judging these 20-year-old MCs and stuff like And Jadakiss is just so drunk. <laughs> <there, so, laughs> so like, Wasted. And like, they had Cakes the Killer uh, on there, who's oh, like yeah. a semi-host. No, as one of the contestants. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. You Fat went, Joe. He went, went pretty far.
3: Fat Joe was like, you can be the first gay MC. See, <laughs> just like that feels wrong to me, because it was just like, He's been rapping pretty. He's been rapping for like a good at least three years, more right. than that. And he's not the first see Yeah,
4: yeah. And there was also Sasha Go Hard on there. What? Yeah, yeah. And she got. They both got cut like pretty early because you know they wanted. You know, wanted someone to win who was like corny. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, just kidding. No shade. No shade. But <laughs> you know they wanted someone to win when they have a reality show. They want someone the winner to like be the full package, yeah. the full story, you know? Right. And yeah. I felt like they those are like art those are like artists who like have their own career and right? shit going on. They're not here like creating a narrative yeah. of themselves, you know?
3: That to me then tells me the producer was like, we need to pay some underground rappers, regional rappers who'd be under the show so we can make this look semi decent.
4: But you know who actually want, can I spoil it?
3: Yeah,
1: that's okay, right. spoiler so, alert, spoiler yeah, alert.
2: Yeah, so pretty, <laughs> so like,
4: the person who actually won, who, who, his name is D Smoke, and he's actually brothers with Sir wow.
2: from T D E. And if
4: you watch a, one of Sir's music videos, he's like in the music video, like driving the car. <laughs> and I'm like, what the f-? You are already that's two right. steps away from Kendrick Lamar. Like, you're not some up-and-comer, like upstart. But that's how they sold that's it, fine. obviously.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also looks exactly like Sir. Like, oh, yeah. they're, like they're brothers. You okay. Yeah
3: tricky tricky Inglewood.
0: wood nice. <laughs> Michelle Kim what's going on
4: Uh nothing much uh, Just are came you, from uh, work
0: Are you staying warm
4: I'm trying to <laughs> My toes are frozen right now so
0: It's cold outside Um so yeah we were we were talking off air about you were um you're from DC right DC area mm-hmm, um, Yeah the DMV So how did you get into music journalism
4: Um well, I always knew that I was going to do music for my um, life or career um, since I was really young. I played instruments and I was just really into, obsessed with listening, like on the radio with my friends, downloading music on like the legal websites. <laughs> and yes, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I feel like <laughs> when when you grow up in a place and a time when it feels like music is like so ex- like everything is accessible to you, you just like start to like crave it, like crave the digging process and then um I decided to I thought I was going to actually be an audio engineer or like apply to be that for school and then I found out that NYU has this Clive Davis program and you can like be basically like major to be a music journalist and I was like I've never considered doing that for my job and foolishly I was like that sounds like a good idea (laughs) 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 and then uh, I went to NYU and then from there, I started interning at Fader, and then after that, I just started news writing and freelancing. And then I started at Pitchfork, like about three years ago.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so while you were at NYU, did you um, did you try to like freelance for you know other people? Or, like, did you try to do that initially, or did you just jump right into the internship?
4: I I started my internship when I was a sophomore, so at that point, I just was like um i don't know how music journalism works i don't know what a pitch is i don't know how to what editors are i have no idea how the editorial system works so i was just like fader they're pretty fucking cool let me try to uh to intern for them and to do that i was like okay i gotta start somewhere so i actually started writing for this local dc blog called madcap and it's not existent anymore Mm -hmm. um And I just wrote a couple album reviews reviews for them for free. And I was just like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I just want to start, like, writing. And from there, I took those clips and then I applied to the internship.
0: Did you guys see that convo today about, on Twitter, about how the... Unpaid internships? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what are your thoughts on that? So it seems like you you did the unpaid route for a little bit. Um, Did you think you've ever taken advantage of your passion or anything like that? At some point, did you feel like you needed to get that check?
4: Um, well, thankfully, like, I was going to NYU with partial scholarship, and if I was actually, like, paying the full amount for NYU, like— A lot of uh, public, or like a lot of companies in general, they just like say, okay, to make this not illegal, we require like class credit for you to intern. Mm -hmm. But that's essentially making (laughs) people pay to work for you. 100%. If you think about it, like, because you pay to take class credits and Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. But since, I don't know, it's hard because like back then when I was like, how, like, I don't know, almost. Uh, I don't know, like, really young. Like, I don't remember how old I was. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I didn't... I wasn't thinking about the implications of what that meant for other people. And yeah. so I just saw it and I was like, this is my dream. But honestly, like, hopefully, like, the people who are, like, Gen Z, who are younger than us, I feel like they're becoming more aware of these conversations. yeah. And hopefully, like, it just becomes a thing that people talk about more. Because if... um I don't know. It it it's just like a thing where like they want you to believe that this is your dream, this is the only way you can make it because that's how they get people to like mm. work for free, you know?
0: Right, yeah. Um, so at, at some point you said you, you jumped to Pitchfork. Mm-hmm. Um so when you were at Fader, did they did it just not pan out for you as far as like they wanted to bring you on or you were just kinda like, you know, I, I'm I've got what I've gotten here, you know, I think Pitchfork wants me, or how did that yeah, work? Yeah.
4: It actually um I was just, like, news writing for them on the weekend, uh, for Fader, I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: I do that now. We
1: love to blog. I do that now for Complex, so.
4: Um, yeah, so I actually was doing that throughout college and trying to do my classes and graduating and stuff. And then um, right before my my final semester, Pitchfork just reached out to me and said, would you want a news write for us? Oh, shit. And nights on the weekends. And I was like, yeah, I want a job so I was <laughs> like, after I graduate. And although, like, I really, at one point, I was, like, trying to, like, join Fader uh, in more, like, more in depth. Like, I wanted to be at their editorial fellow type of thing. But, like, it just didn't work out with my college schedule. So that's why it didn't necessarily pan out for Fader. But, like, honestly, like, I loved working with the people there so much when I was there, like miles tanzer rawia Kanier, yeah he's a strong news like ruth Saxelby, all those people like nazik like i just love them so much and they really taught me so much
2: nice i, I read the uh interview you did with intern magazine
4: yeah, yeah. oh my nice. god
2: and it sounded like you were just <laughs> soaking up yes. information so much and that you were like maybe the most incredible intern ever <laughs> <laughs> <sounded> like, um <laughs>
4: No, I don't (laughs) know, no, no, this is Olivia Craighead erasure. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But um, no, I just, I was just super eager and I didn't know how, like I said, I didn't know how anything worked. So I was just mm -hmm. like in my head like a job means like before that i fucking worked at a chicken restaurant and as a telemarketer for like this knife company <laughs> and in, my, in yes yeah, yes my brother it's a, worked for it's that a pyramid scheme but that's another story yeah. but in my head like working meant that like this is capitalism at its finest. Working meant that you had to be doing something at all times. So when yeah. I was at the internship, I was like, "I'm not doing anything. You have to give me stuff. You have to give yep. me stuff." And I think that they took it that they took it as initiative, and I was just blinded by capitalism. So. Yeah, that
3: was that sound like my internships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, going to Pitchfork because of their um, prestige and just um, one that's known for reviews and just like critique. Um, how was that experience? Because I feel like they're very much different from Fader, where Fader mm-hmm. is more about um, looking towards the future and examining how c- culture and society into like intersects while pitch work is more of like uh, um, we are critiques and we're special, we're looking at this body of work as a whole and giving our viewpoints on it.
4: Right. It was, it was, they were both such great learning experiences for exactly those different ways that you laid out. Like at pitch, At Fader, I really got to know what it looks like when a group of people who, like, really love each other and are passionate about music, like, what that kind of newsroom looks like. And I'm not saying that Pitchfork, they don't, they're not passionate about music, but they're just passionate about music in a different way where it's, like, they're so knowledgeable and they take so much care to, like, understand each facet of, like, or, like, each facet of an artist's, like, discography and they really care about the craft. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really picked up there is like my editors push me so hard. Like, uh, they would not let me write some stupid shit and let it go up (laughs) on the internet, which is so like, which is all I could ask for as a young writer. And, um, they, it, The flip side to that is that sometimes it is limiting because when you have like something that needs to meet a high standard, like sometimes you feel like maybe your voice gets edited out or like Mm. maybe you have to, you feel like you have to mold to a certain tone or something or a certain uh, format of, of your organization. But like, even though there are those like downsides, like the, the huge upside is that like they care about writing so much and the most incredible editors there.
1: Mm.
4: Yeah.
0: So did you get um, hired on as a staff writer, or, or a...
4: yeah? Okay. So I started, um, I started there as a news writer, and then I transitioned to a daytime job as a staff writer. Imagine that. <laughs> um, and it was like wild. I was like going from being a vampire to like being like walking among the living, like again. <laughs> um, and then I had to like learn how to like go to the office at the world trade center and that was like huge adjustment for me too but it was and then when they hired me on it was under the capacity of just like writing more stuff for the pitch which is kind of like their mid-sized section of mid-sized essays and features and stuff and then i expanded to like they were just like oh okay well staff writers should write across sections so then i just started writing reviews and like all across the sections
1: yeah
2: you, you mentioned the, the fact that they, like, cared about the work that you were writing before it went on the internet. It's amazing, like, how little of that there is across the industry and how, like, how special that is. Because, mm-hmm. like, I've had editors before who haven't cared about my work, and then I look <laughs> back on that stuff, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, Why? This, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah. and there's typos everywhere, and there's mistakes, or, like, maybe the artist called me out for the mistake, and... Mm-hmm. It's like there's so, (laughs) in you, you would think that would be the norm in journalism that you would have an editor who would really pour over your work and look over everything. And, but it's just not really. So it's like kind of a, it's a special deal.
4: Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to blame editors. It's just like so, like we're, they're all overworked, you know, like, and they have to meet a quota for like how many posts they need to get up and they're the only editor and like all this stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, it's like, I just feel like I pitchfork. There were a lot, one, there were a lot of editors on staff there, but also like, they were the ones that were willing to push back and say like, no, I'm only going to publish this one thing because it needs to be perfect or they'll just like, push it back until it is perfect Mm -hmm. and, that's how you gain like rapport and trust with editors It's because yeah. like literally my editor at pitchfork joe mapes would say like say to me i am not gonna leave you hang hanging out there mm-hmm. yeah. like looking stupid you know and i was like thank you
3: and that goes to my thinking of like because with pitchfork people will call you out mm-hmm. and like people yeah. would at you people will be like you don't know anything Were you all, trash <laughs> were you afraid mm-hmm. of that were you that's something that was in your mind It's like especially doing reviews is like wow this person I'm about to review, um, this artist stuff, like, uh, and then would that just be in your head?
4: Definitely, right, right before I wrote my first review for Pitchfork, it just is because I know that it's all like fabricated, but in your mind, it's such an institution, and like, it's such the the point system, it's such a thing that people like grovel over and like fight about. That it definitely was in my head, and I was in my head while writing my first review. Um, and like, but you know, you get over that, but then what I didn't realize is that like when I started writing reviews for like bigger artists, like how their fans would come for me and like Mm. how, like, that's not attention that I necessarily wanted, you Mm. know? And Mm -hmm. like, and the fact that, um, I didn't, I did not expect that like when my reviews would get published, people would not really like kind of just assume, things about my character mm. because of where i worked mm. and that really bothered me yeah yeah
2: did you, uh, no, go ahead. i was gonna ask like uh hmm, maybe we shouldn't go there what albums did you experience that with, with oh, no no it's like oh. <laughs> <laughs> well
4: it's fine I, I mean i really doubt they're gonna listen to this but hey. um um i definitely I definitely, it's fine. I'll put myself out there because that's what I signed up to do. Um, <laughs> I definitely experienced that with Blackpink. I reviewed one of their EPs and they're a K-pop they're, group. Oh, yeah. They're like one of the biggest Savage. K-pop girl 100%. groups in the in the world. Yeah. Um, that's right. And then I experienced that when I wrote something about a Taylor Swift song. Mm, um are fucking crazy, man. Yeah. The Swifties. It was like too much like because mm-hmm. they just dig they dig through your old tweets and yeah. they try to, they try to right. draw conclusions about you and they i actually like wrote a um review about her song you need to calm down which like is supposed to be like her g- gay pride song yeah. and they literally tried to like pull tweets from my my old tweets and say that i was like homophobic
3: that's crazy.
4: And I basically, like, had to, like, say, like, hit, come out to the fans and be like, hey, like, what that's, the fuck?
2: <laughs> right. Not on your terms at all. Yeah. Like, on their
3: terms. Oh, so. mm-hmm. It's, you know, so I have, like, a love-hate relationship with social media because, one, is the, to me, I'm like, that's the news. That's how I usually get 95% of my news. Mm-hmm. which is like, I look at, like, like, the impeachment stuff that's happening. I'm like, oh, read this article, read this article, see what's happening. But the amount of just sewage... That is just on there of <laughs> just people just like spitting up crap like, and it's just hurt. I'm gonna try to hurt you as much as possible. And this, these people like have like, anim, like anime like uh, characters and their icon, <laughs> and I love anime also. But it just be like I'm just like trolls, this is man. trolls. This is so. When did this shit take such a left turn? Mm-hmm. Like such is this powerful tool.
4: Yeah, like like just because of the the disconnect between like they're actually being like physical interaction between a person like if you saw a person's body you would not say cancel like you would not say like go away forever like you mm-hmm. need to die if you saw them in person like and saw that they're actually like have matter on their body you would not say that but since like people have anime characters <laughs> yeah. like, just... and like there's no like everything's virtual <laughs> they're like yeah whatever you're a figment of my imagination go away yeah like,
3: just like a parks and rec um uh still and just like what the <laughs> hell who is this yeah <laughs>
4: Yeah, oh, well wow, People who have just have cartoon characters <laughs> on, the, as their Abby, and I'm like, oh, oh, are you? What do you look like? <laughs> the
2: worst, the worst.
4: I spe- I'm calling out music writers. A lot of music writers do that, and I'm like, who oh, are you?
3: What? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I don't know why. I'm just like, put a picture up there, man. Yes. that's a bad people. I just revealed it.
4: Yes, yes. <laughs> like you, everyone signed up to put your, ourselves out there on the internet. Yeah, at right. least show your face. Like, exactly.
0: Damn. <laughs> um, let's talk about your current gig. Um, them. Uh, can you explain to the listeners what is them?
4: Yeah, definitely. It's a um, website owned by Condé Nast that um, is focused towards LGBTQ culture and politics and it started about two to three years ago. Um, so it's still growing. It's still pretty new and I'm a staff writer there.
0: Um, why, why did that place fit you?
4: Um, basically... Well, I don't know. It I just it just felt like a natural um, progression for my career. I had been at Pitchfork for like over two years, and I I just felt like I needed somewhere else to grow. It was my first job out of college, type of thing. So I just feel like within me, I even though I love music so 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 much, I usually like view it as a gateway to exploring other ideas about culture, identity, um, social issues, and um that's that's what i love writing about when i do music criticism and Mm -hmm. so i just felt like them was a great platform for me to explore the intersection of culture and politics Mm -hmm. and identity issues and all of that in one place and it also like made a lot of sense for me in my life right now because like i mean i like me realizing that i'm queer was very recent Mm. and like um It was almost like a, like, I don't know, I'm not religious, but like I am spiritual. So it just felt like things were aligning in a certain way that like, I felt like this was the right time for me to like take on a role like this.
2: Right. Do you, so I feel like every publication right now, um, either really wants to be like them or really doesn't like the company I work at, (laughs) which just told their employees to stick to sports rather than talking about anything else. So you're at a publication that like very much is based in identity and the writers can, can write about their identity and put that at the forefront. Do you feel like you guys like in the office, is there a collective thinking that um, you're kind of at a, a different point in the industry is the other people are looking at you guys as, as something different. Um, it, I was, I was going to ask like whether how it plays into your growth as a writer, but I think you kind of just, answered it is who you are
4: mm, yeah that's a good question um well i think like unfortunately like queer publications and websites are still considered niche mm-hmm. so like i mean i'm looking at someone like i'm thinking about like something like teen vogue where like pe- people in the industry look to them as like a general sort of website but that also like explores like social issues and identity issues. Um, but with queer websites, I feel like they've always had to be political in some way and they couldn't fake, they can fake it. You know, um, people have to deal with this like on a daily basis. So like, I just feel like, um, I don't know. It's funny. Like my friend recently told me that them is like grown up Tumblr. And I really (laughs) like that idea because, um, it's like, I I really don't want to step into, I, I have to think about this all the time. The fact that like, people are commodifying wokeness all the time now. Mm. And I just really want to like try and make some shit that matters with like the resources that we have and like, just try to try to do the best of like what we can do with the money that we're given because like, I'm I I don't really want to necessarily sell my identity for profit. Mm. I just want to make some culture that will actually like lift our community up and like, actually say some shit that like other people wouldn't say
0: yeah yeah um so i've you know looking back at your past balance you've you've interviewed queen key you've interviewed um cakes to kill that we mentioned earlier um so your approach to hip-hop is is unique you know it's it's not something that we've um not a lot of people have covered it in a way you you have um so just being as an asian journalist because i'm also asian how is your approach you know like how does it differ from from everybody else because i've seen like we don't really see this much coverage you know what i mean um when it comes to like queer artists
4: yeah that's a good question um yeah i don't really know if my like asian identity informs um my taste in hip-hop as much as it just me being like a woman does and i think that's why like i'm really interested in like like of course i listen to male rappers like you have to like Mm -hmm. you know um (laughs) yeah you don't have to i mean (laughs) i mean okay i i listen to male rappers and um but like the thing is that like i think the reason why you see like i think people started to get to know me in pitchfork as like the um person who really liked women rappers is because like oftentimes like I feel like I wouldn't have the confidence to even like try and pitch to write something about like a male rapper or like we they have people on staff that like are really good at writing about rap and have written about rap for them and so I'd be like okay so I'll pitch something that no one else is gonna pitch like Mm, I mean and also something that relates to me and that's Mm. why I uh wanted to interview Rico and uh Queen Key because like those are those are artists that like I kind of necessarily thought that I could like write about because of the um, because I didn't really necessarily see anyone else grabbing, gravitating towards them, and of course to just like fucking give them some shine on our website, you know.
0: Yeah, and it's also a, a thing too. Like I feel like some you know rap writers are are a little limited in the way they could approach those artists, and I think that you were smart to be able to pinpoint like this is a story for me because I could do it the best way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know just. You made it like your own, you know, like yeah. that. Now, now we know your byline is associated with Queen Key telling you about why she named her project like "Eat My Pussy," you know. What I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> which is a
4: cool. great project. <laughs> I love her. She is so funny. Um, but she yeah. really
3: is. She should get a show.
4: She honestly, she should. I
3: started following. I don't know when, but she did. She dropped like a. She did a tweet, and I was like, "Yo, this is witty as hell." And I started following through then. And then her videos, like, she be doing, like, these videos. So just, like, she uploaded. I'm like, yo, she's legit funny. Like, I can definitely watch a show about just the stuff that she does.
4: I could see her hosting, like, a reality dating show. Right. That would be so funny. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I mean, I guess not a lot of people think would— there, there's not a lot of people who have the position to, like, go up to a rapper and like ask her about like eating pussy but for me i don't care like i talk about that shit all the time like yeah. it just was It just sounded like such a fun opportunity for me because it's like oh an artist is into talking about this and i am too okay let's do it <laughs>
3: <laughs> 100%. um
0: one of the articles you wrote for them was about the frank ocean party um can you explain that part because you you and Reed actually were there yeah. for the first
2: one. Nice. Um
4: Well, you were actually there for the second one, right?
2: Uh, I was gonna go to the second one, but I didn't end up going. <laughs> <Okay. So> <laughs> you, <laughs> you were at the first one. I was at the first one. Okay. And then if I, was, gonna, I was trying to get, I was trying uh, to cover the second one. But. Mm.
0: So yeah, okay. the headline for your article was was Frank Ocean's uh, is it? Am I saying this Prep Plus? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Party the inclusive queer utopia he promised.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, I was like. On The record, I'm a Frank Ocean super fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this so is like my dream. This is sort of the,
0: the segue into the topic. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Frank Ocean, guys. Yay! <laughs>
4: um, I this was my dream when I saw that this was happening, like, I was like, oh my god, this is I have to be there, type of thing, Bro. Um, but honestly, like, w- me covering it kind of ruined the entire experience for me mm. because, um, I had to. I couldn't drink when I was there. And honestly, I feel like if I drank, I would have really enjoyed myself. (laughs) And two, when I was, um, my editor actually wanted me to like do some reporting. So like he wanted me to go up to attendees and like ask them like why they came there, how they got invited, like all this stuff. And that made things really like difficult for me because it was supposed to be a safe space. I saw that there were a lot of queer people there. Like, I didn't want to. I didn't want to ruin anyone's night by being like, "Hey, I'm a journalist. Can I ask you
3: some
4: <laughs> questions?" Like, and why like, you, be, I felt like the
3: feds. take shot, right? <laughs>
1: like,
2: <laughs> that, that, that same nasally voice. Hey, yes. I'm a journalist. <laughs> did you actually? Yeah. Did you find that was easier though than you thought it would be? Like, yeah, I know you had these initial fears, but mm-hmm. to me, when I was there, everyone, was, a lot of people were on their phones and stuff, and mm-hmm. it seemed like they were kind of connected, out of the moment.
4: Yeah, there was a lot of people in the back just, like, talking to themselves, to their friends, or, like, being on their phones. Um, The reason why I felt like it was easier than I initially thought is because I actually saw people that I, like, already know there. Mm. And there are people that I know through, like, the music industry, through different queer spaces and queer parties that I've seen them before. I've met through, like, just different, like, networks. And um, it was easier for me to get some answers because, like, I, I just realized that, like... I felt like I was gonna be out of place because I'm like a journalist from the media, like this big media company. I thought I was gonna be like totally a sore thumb, but like, oh, yeah, like, I, like this. <laughs> yeah, but actually, like there was a lot of people there that were just like, yeah, like I'm, I'm like I'm friends with like so-and-so who works with frank Mm -hmm. yeah and like um i was like okay so you guys are also squares gotcha (laughs) like (laughs) i don't know um no just kidding but (laughs) (laughs) everyone there was like beautiful and cool as shit so um but yeah it just felt very like okay so the reason why the headline is like that is because um Basically, with the press release that came out announcing the first party, it w- it was like Frank was kind of imagining what New York Club culture would could be like if this um, HIV prevention drug prep existed back then. Um, but a lot of people were like, wait, what does that mean? Because one, even if the drug existed like back then doesn't mean that everyone has access to it. Exactly, and then right. two, like it's ca- a lot of people thought it was offensive to the people who had died during the AIDS epidemic exactly. because like... The club culture, like, people, a lot of people argue, like, was so good because people were escaping the, like, right.
3: the, their imminent death. Exactly.
4: Because they were going to these clubs and, like, celebrating together, celebrating their lives before they knew that they were eventually going to die. Ooh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. And, like, I, and I think that, like, we wouldn't even be having this conversation if he hadn't named it that. So I will give him props to that. He he did give awareness to this drug. But then again, um, I just it it wanted to it purported to be a safe space. It wanted to have this like basically progressive message by like bringing awareness to something like prep, which is very complicated and complex and controversial. And when you sign up to do something like that, I just feel like you can't. Like, I, I felt like he let, like, the queer community down because, like, there are activists on the ground who, like, actively try to bring awareness to PrEP. And if he had, like, tapped into some of that, like, yeah. I feel like people would have appreciated more.
3: Yo, it reminded me of, um, when I first saw it, it, like, reminded me of the Jay-Z, um, NFL deal. Mm-hmm. Where, like, okay, yeah. it sounds good, but, like, if Jay-Z literally did simple, like, simple stuff, it like, yo, you know Kaepernick is, um, um, uh, it's not in the league because he's being white So why wouldn't you go through him and assure he had some type of position and whatever you want to do? Also, you know, this is a, this the optics look weird. So why don't you just be open with your plan and say, this is what we're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And this is when it's just like it was just very like facade. And so initially, I was just like, like everything about it was like, like what? Like prep? Like, is it even like how is that? a part like why why did you name that a party and like you're talking about club scenes in the 80s but I'm like that was like in the 90s the club kids like that was what New York was known for you know and like and then come to find out and then the exclusive part I'm just like this just feel everything that the more I read it I was like this just looks like like cool points and Mm -hmm. so it made me also think about uh, poppy juice cause uh, I went there with my girlfriend my girlfriend took me there I was like what am I, What are you taking me to <laughs> um, and, I, and it was it was it was fun as hell and I was like this is such a great like experience this is like a good this is one of the this, one of the best parts I have been to was it last year I'm like this is a great experience mm-hmm. and in my mind I was like yo what if he just teamed up with them did literally did all these like just hit the little stuff and it's like this can be so much this can be such a better impact and then when I read the reviews I was like look It like yeah, of course it was half-assed. Like of course people was (laughs) on their phones.
2: Uh, Yeah, I think it was like we all we all love Frank. I think the the thing is that he's just like one of the most famous people in the world, and so this is what happens. Detachment. One of the most famous people in the world uh, tries to throw you know a queer party, and it's just not as open and and fluid as you would think because he's just ultra famous so yes. he's a little out of exactly. touch exactly he has to have these restrictions because he's he has to he can't have everyone rushing through there and everything mm-hmm. so yeah. this is what happens when uh you know famous people kind of get involved in this kind of thing
3: it's cool that he listened when he did the new one mm-hmm. and like right. it was i was like okay that's cool because most superstars they'd be like this shit is cool anyway man don't come if you don't like it and then they'll just keep on doing their thing be like, but like didn't
0: he like say something like um what do you say like
3: don't act like you weren't turning up or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you know, you know, his pride was a little bit, you it was, that's a pride thing. It's just like, so, but it's, from talking to the people that was there, the second one, they were like, it's very, it's, he listened. Like, it was like all queer, all LGBTQ DJs and like performers and all that stuff and it was very more open and like, it was like something that involving to an actual party that's foreign, um, for the initiative that right. it's supposed to be for.
2: I think it was a, a bit of an eye opening experience for him because I think he he threw a party mm-hmm. with things that he liked, like per, to his personal taste. He liked Justice, 100%. the DJ, and everything. These mm-hmm. are people that 100%. he appreciates as musicians. And he was going in just like trying to have fun and and um, cater maybe to, or to, to bring awareness to some things. But um, I think like he. Kind of got blindsided the bit. He's like, oh, I got to.
3: Exactly.
2: These things I have to be more privy to or I have to do a little more to. Because I, I have a, a bigger stage yeah. with this stuff than I thought maybe.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. yeah. I, I 100% believe that he probably thought a party like probably two weeks before, like yeah. in, the, in his in his crib is like, damn, I think I feel like we should throw a party. And that's how it started. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then it just was like, yeah, "Yeah, let's do it." And then that's how it went. I think he's just—he's really getting into house music, right? now. And he's <laughs> yes. like, "I just want to throw a house
2: music party." But yeah. he just didn't understand and the I implications by I'm naming it that. Yeah, yeah. I just start <laughs> naming things. <laughs> as the potential, like... like sonically and with audio stuff, is amazing. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So Michelle, you haven't gone back since the first. No.
4: Um, well, I know that I've just been busy. Like I i just. I don't really go out that much. It's on Thursday nights. Like I'm just watch, Like I'm. I'm low key watch. But uh, also watched. <laughs> the um the tickets. I remember the tickets for the second one. I know for sure like sold out or like got okay. grabbed in like ten minutes. So I was watch. I was online at that point, but I just watched them go like fly off because so many people want to go. And I I've already been to one, so I want to give other people the chance.
0: Yeah. So you guys mentioned his music. Um. Mm-hmm. And, you know that's the other narrative. Outside of the party. Uh he dropped DHL and in my room.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um so twenty nineteen we're seeing some sort of Frank Ocean resurgent music wise. Uh so complex uh wrote that they wanted is it they asked if it's time for Frank Ocean to have a rap album. So that's like <laughs> one that's one question. Um, but I just wanna throw it to the floor here. Uh what do you want to see music wise from Frank? I mean, it seems like he's going in some rap direction with the two songs. Um, But yeah, what do you guys think?
3: I, I'm excited. I'm just excited for Frank Music. Now, if you ask me how great the new tracks are, I'd be like, it's cool. Like, I probably like DHL, I like more, DHL. Than, more than um, the last one. But I really love that single thing that he, like, did a snippet of at the party. I was like, oh, this sounds, this sounds like it's hit, like it's hitting. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm excited. I think Frank Ocean's a, pretty good rapper has a good uh track record i love this i always go I always say sunday on, on earl Sweatshirt album i'm like yo that yo. verse was one of my favorites i'm like that verse is fire also that track what is it blue claw what is it called i can't remember blue, blue something blue, claw. <laughs> blue something. claw i'm blue something yeah but he rapped on i was like that shit is fire I like Raph, s-
2: super rich kids. I like Raph a rare. lot.
3: Yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited just because Frank. It looks like Frank is gearing up for some music. Um, aesthetically, like the artwork has been really interesting, and I'm like, I wonder how this plays in the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Like, like it reminds me. I'm like, I wonder how this lo- will look like in the festival setting. Like, how's um, how he translated "Blonde"? Uh, What's the last album called again? Blonde. blonde. Yeah, translated that. To panorama festival mm-hmm. and turn that to like an experience i'm like i wonder how this is turned to experience so it's interesting the uh dhl like one of the lyrics isn't he like
0: talking about like hooking up with a guy or something uh i'm not sure to be honest with you i think just, i think there is like ride me like an uber or something
3: yeah. like that <laughs> um I, I'm, either way it's great it's good music i play i like i really really enjoy just playing frank and just like going about my day Yes. Just like, all right, like I'd run some <laughs> errands with some Frank in my ear. All right, sound like it's a good day. Oh, okay. My my
0: thought process was like, if we're po- posing the question, if Frank Ocean should drop a rap album, would he be the first famous gay rapper? According to Fat Joe, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, that's. I mean. Uh,
3: I guess would you consider it's just, him a rapper. It's just
4: so hard because now the lines are so blurred about like yeah. what is rap and who can call themselves a rapper. What about like, Tyler? Yeah. What about oh, yeah. oh Tyler? Oh,
1: come on. <laughs>
4: man. And Little Nas X, like he has the fucking number number, number oneist song <laughs> in the <laughs> country. Like, and he came out like during that, which is pretty cool. But like you know, obviously, like there are cases for him being a rapper or not. Um, and I don't know. I just, I like In My Room because, and I like what he, what I guess people would consider rap. But for him, it's always been so fluid and he always has been like in and out of singing and rapping. And the reason I like In My Room a lot is because it reminds me of like Chanel. And I think that's like one of my favorite Frank Ocean songs of all time. And he definitely raps in that one. And it reminds me of that kind of like wordplay and rapping that he does.
3: And it's Blue Well. Sorry about that. (laughs) Blue Well, fire song. He raps his ass off. He's, he, to
2: me, he, this is playing devil's advocate, he sounds a little bored to me. Ooh, too rich. And I'm saying that because he super said. He's a rich that, kid. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, he, at some point, he said something like, he said he admitted to being a little bored with, because yeah. um, he thinks that he, he, he said that he's one of the best singers in the world mm-hmm. and that he likes to find other like pathways through songs mm-hmm. that he's not the best at. And so I think that's rapping yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, these tracks, uh, they're they're kind of like a mood. Yeah, you yeah. feel them. Yes, mm-hmm. I don't know. The vibe. If, yeah, I don't know if there's a groove waving. there at all. And I, so I don't think uh, these are his his best work. Yes. Even yes. The, I agree. Even the stuff. Uh, or the the Sango song. Yeah. I, Sango did the drums on in my room too. I think
3: mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah. He's a
2: Northwest guy. Yeah, where yeah I'm Sango's, from. Sango's mm-hmm. incredible. Um, yeah, but even that club song, he's like playing around with sounds and and textures and all that. Yeah. But I don't think it's quite fully formed yet. yes
4: i agree that it's not his best work but for me even when it's not his best i still love it like i know a lot of people were hating on endless but like i love endless so much and it's it's just more like endless is more that experimentation with like textures and like not really songs and it was kind of his first foray into dance music because he did have some like techno on there Mm -hmm. and um it it kind of it makes me feel like he's going back to that zone and that's fine because maybe then we'll get a blonde after that
3: yeah I would say, like, yo, so I, have you all seen the um, How to Make a Frank Ocean song? Yes. Um So, <laughs> yeah. so, so good. This is, this Hilarious. Is amazing, right? So it's kind of crazy because ever since then, I saw that. I was like, holy shit, this is low-key kind of true. Yeah. And since then, I've been seeing more and more people visibly, like, saying Frank is mid. Frank is mid. Like, it's like, it's more than, like... I've seen ever like right. especially after Flog, um, um, where he was supposed to perform and he didn't, and he, he wasn't a, the special performer. And Drake actually performed, and mm-hmm. Drake got booed off by some fans at the show who wanted Frank. And people were then saying, "How dare you boo Drake?" And then it transformed to like, "Is Frank Ocean even even that good?" And like, I've never seen that before. Ever and now it had me thinking is Frank's allure um, becoming, I guess, less to fans? Uh, Probably mostly um, to fans. Let me just put it like that.
4: I think so because. He's really putting himself out there Mm. in ways that we've never seen before this Mm. year. Like, he made his Instagram public. He's starting to do these parties where he's mingling with fans. Like, he would never do... It seems like he's actually doing a typical album release with dropping singles and, like, doing these parties and stuff. That's something, like, Kanye would do, you know? Like, that's something that, like, normal artists do as part of a release cycle. And I feel like he's... Kind of like opening the curtain up a little more. And I think that's leading to like what you're saying. Like mm-hmm. people are subconsciously like, oh, can we question him? Because he doesn't seem like a deity anymore. Yeah.
3: Like, mm. The Instagram, um, public Instagram joint was like fascinating to me. Because I was like, holy shit, this is legit. And he spoke about it. He was like, this is how people had a misconception of like who I am and what I actually do. And I think that Instagram, his public Instagram was really interesting because you're just seeing different aspects of just like Frank's mind. And because of that, I've just been seeing more and more people just like, as you said, questioning how um, special is Frank is. Um, And to me, I'm like, you're fucking crazy if you question how Frank is. (laughs) Put it like like that. So that that kind
2: (laughs) of sentiment was like, that was the norm, I think, like three years ago. He was really untouchable Mm -hmm. like three or four years ago. So people, I think, felt like they couldn't. Say anything bad about him? Yeah, it's like how I feel with feature stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm the one. Yeah, I'm like, the one person who you I don't know, want a I, guy be like. Uh, Post DS2, huh? I had this exact conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had this exact conversation with somebody on Halloween uh, where they confronted me and they're oh. like, "What? Tell me what you like about Frank Ocean because for these years, like I haven't been able to say he sucks." Yeah. And so I had to like you know put give him like a couple word or a couple sentence uh yeah. answer, like he wanted so it in aggressive. a tidy little box, yeah, <laughs> but I think he felt like he couldn't say it on Twitter, you know it's one mm-hmm. of those things, yeah. so you'll you'll
0: you'll get flamed mm-hmm. um ranking where do you what do you think
3: he has a miss he has a missed. I don't think he has I don't think he's I think ass. the
0: first tape has a lot of misses. <laughs> Which
3: tape nostalgia ultra? Yeah, I went back and you, listened to it. What? Oh, <laughs> I still love it, though. No! Oh, American American Wedding? That song sucks. Man. Oh no. <laughs> you are batshit crazy.
4: <laughs> I know I know people don't like that tape, but I just love it. It's too. It's literally nostalgic within my heart. Like, yeah, I'm like, I can't.
3: They, I'm like, I'll, I'll agree. Like nostalgia does affect me with that because it was just like such an important tape for me around that time. Because it was just like a mood for everything. But it's 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 acting like it's fucking. What's Drake's first album? Um, Room for improvement. Uh, no, no, no. The <laughs> so album. album. Uh, thank, thank me later. Thank, thank me, me later. me oh. you know, acting like it's thank me later. Like yeah. you listen to thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> It's spooky. It's not that. (laughs) No, yeah. But Shout out to Drake. Also, never boo Drake. Don't ever boo. Never boo the boy. What? We can. Cannot boo the boy. Okay, you can boo him, but if you boo him by me, I will throw whatever's (laughs) in my hand at you. I just love Drake. I would say oh, you can boo yes. Drake,
4: but not to the point that you actually like stop him from before. Right? <laughs> Maybe just a light yeah. boo and then move on with your life.
3: I honestly thought I was like, has a superstar of that magnitude in his have a superstar of that magnitude in their prime ever been booed off stage? I'm like, I don't think I've seen anything like this. Mm.
4: No, I don't know if there's a precedent.
3: I'm like, this is this is crazy. And but I also think it's OK like this honestly is probably just... it's good
4: for, it's it's good for his um image yeah i feel like
3: i think that was his gut check like oh okay yeah. i'm not uh am right. not everywhere yeah the reasoning was a little silly like they Obviously, expected frank yeah and so
2: that's why and it was that's only... why people thought it was kind of a privilege thing and they're like fuck these kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think it's
4: they're so dumb because like no one confirmed that it was gonna be frank yeah
1: <laughs> It's like, like why w-
4: why do you think that it's gonna be <laughs> yeah. so confidently like you yeah. know everything right like yeah. um what was funny to me was like I did some reporting um I like asked um I was interviewing a bunch of frank fans like, a year ago around his like election free election t-shirt thing and what i was kind of surprised is that like some of these people who like went to get free t-shirts from him Mm. they said that like oh yeah i was like are you a fan of frank like and they were like oh yeah i loved him back in odd future i was like back in, you (laughs) know, like what do you mean but a lot of people said that like oh yeah i love like my favorite is his odd future phase and i was like so fuck endless and blah like damn
2: but it was interesting no one from odd future likes their music from the future, it's so like, not, they yeah. themselves don't like it. Yo, it really is. They should do like a doc on that. We kind of like... sound like uh older people <laughs> yelling at the kids. yeah, cranky old people, but <laughs> yeah, it's true. probably. Uh, so
0: let's get into good and bad. Sweet,
3: but um, but um, good and bad,
0: bad and good, <laughs> bad and good, good and bad. Uh, Reed, you want to talk about your song?
2: Yes, it's uh Lord Apex um i always forget the name it's can you read it to me it's e3 or something em3 em3 who? i heard it on blonded radio like a drug. A yeah who is yeah. lord apex he's a british rapper um and i when i heard the song i think i played it like 15 times in a row it was so good um i liked it because uh how smooth the beat was and it was like uh i don't know it, like a lot of people would say it's like a lo-fi hip-hop thing but that's it was just smooth and it was sample based and it was it was really nice and the what what he talked about on it with like his past and his father was just like perfect and so i i went and looked up all his other music uh i i'm i'm not into british hip-hop as Mm. much as some other people um i don't know much about as much as grime as like you guys do. <laughs> not to hate on it or anything, but we're he... Road, we're uh, real right. men. men. He <laughs> seems to be we're going, we're going we're a different direction. Um, like all his music is very low-key and smooth and all like sample bass where grime is very much in your face. Um, so I thought I thought it was just great. It was kind of relaxing, but also like very thoughtful. So good. Nice. Yes. Cool.
3: Check it out. Manny, yours is... Yeah, so I, this is an artist named Beam who I just kind of stumbled Beam. on like a couple of weeks ago. Um he's from the south. I can't I think I want to say Florida. Um but essentially like it was interesting cuz he just dropped a project and within this project he goes into like five different genres. It's like he starts speaking patois and does reggae, but also raps, but also harmonize and do some R&B and just meshes everything up. He's kind of like what the modern-day artist is now as far as like hip-hop artists now we're just like a person from a young person with a multitude of um, um, Interests and um, pull for multitude of genres Um, And in particular the song he did with Childish Major who I think is criminally Underrated who I really enjoy his music it's called stranded called stranded and so um, It's like really smooth really melodic and um, they kind of just weave in and out, and it's like just something. I was just playing it, and I was just kept on replaying it over and over. And for the lack of a better term, it sets a vibe mm, and um, His project, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, this is really impressive. Like I, like I, I, like I really, really, really enjoy it. And so he's he's someone new, someone younger. Um, and this project is called '95' um definitely worth a listen and stranded is definitely a standout off the project
0: Ooh.
3: michelle yours
4: yeah i picked um mc kevin Chris. i don't know if i'm gonna say this right but it's called ella a. Do tipo." yeah and drake just remixed it yeah. and then i listened to the drake remix it was fine but then i listened to the original yes. and i was like <laughs> <laughs> this is a very i know it, it sounds silly because it's like been a global hit for like months now and that's why he remixed it but then i i found out about it because of him and it's actually a really interesting song it's like it's like funk carioca, which is brazilian
1: Mm. but
4: it's this mc i might he actually had this other hit called like evo louis or something like that sorry i'm butchering this (laughs) but um he's just like a mc that like he he seems his singing is really sorrow sorrowful and he seems really sad and sentimental but then with the beats of funk karaoke it's like really in your face it's supposed to be like party music and i think like those together like just make it's it's interesting to me mm-hmm. i'm i'm liking
2: it nice so it's good yes i, I <laughs> well
4: like that's why i chose it because I, I don't think the remix is that great but the original oh, okay. song is good
2: cool mm. I, re- I really like it too it, His he's uh his vocals also sound like they were recorded. It sounds like he's like singing in the back of a car. It's very personal, which I like a lot. Yeah.
0: Nice. Uh, I chose Tinashe and Ms. Banks, Die a Little Bit.
2: Yeah. Mm. Um,
0: at first I didn't like it, uh, but when I went to her listening, she had like listening at a uh, forty forty for like for the fans. What? Yeah. So it was for her songs for you listening, but it was like, you know how she's been doing it. Like in London, and then she did one in LA. So she should have went in New York, you know, hit that Rock Nation plug, <laughs> <laughs> you know, slid in there. Um, and then I saw when she played that song in that environment, it was like it went off, you know. Yeah. And like, I just know this guy was like on the on the um, on the table, and he was just like getting down, you know. It was, just, <laughs> it, was it was crazy. Um, but yeah, now I'm now I'm starting to understand like how that song fits in, like that room like yeah mm-hmm. it would like totally kill like an underground party hundred percent um but yeah
1: yeah songs,
3: songs for you man i think th- i think that project is gonna be good for her mm-hmm. i'm like um not too much but yo, know, i'm so excited because i feel like she finally gets to be herself yes. i think that one of the biggest reasons one of the biggest problems with tinashe was that like people were telling her what to be they was like all right you're too on you're fucking tiara you want you to be dancing all that stuff and then she tried to be What's the project right after after uh, Aquarius? It was like something. Uh, and she tried to be really moody. And it mm-hmm. was like... F.K. You could, twigs. Yeah, you could tell. I was like, try to be that. And then she also... Then she tried to evolve to something different. And it just didn't feel like her at all. Authentic. Like, exactly. It was just like, I just mm-hmm. can't oh, connect uh, with anything. Night ride. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so I think this is like, finally, she's like... When she, now she, she's now, she's like, I'm going to make music for me. I've been through all this bullshit. I get to do what I want. And this that single, so good. Yeah, um, I love it.
0: Yeah, so I don't know when the project's going to drop, but it sounded like it was about 30 minutes. Um, and like she had these songs that were like, she was like rapping, which was pretty dope. Oh, awesome. um, she had songs with Hitmaker. Cool. She had this like really sexual song with g Easy weird oh. but cool <laughs> no actually not cool it's weird and uh what else um yeah it was like it was like really heavily towards like breaking up like a breakup happened
2: is she signed to rock nation or oh, you said yeah, yeah yeah well that's why this is the 40 40
0: it was like a manage i think she did like a management thing with is them. this
2: a new thing for this this album yeah but so yeah. she's
0: independent but like the way they set it up was like it was just for the fans so it's like when she so you said, they set us up in the vip and like they had like three separate rooms and she just went to every fan like hugged them
1: Aww. And it was
0: just like super intimate and then like she was making her way towards me and i was like okay I like, can't give. I can't get Wait, into why it. Not? I was like I'm too afraid
4: <laughs> why what do you think she, what happened well, like she, well would she, just she, like she
0: walked and then she was just like oh thank you for like you know standing in the cold for me like she just said it to like these fans and I was just like uh, hey <laughs> you know it was just it was awkward <laughs> but yeah <laughs> deep thoughts it's 444 a.m. and I'm thinking about how humans have to do this every day
2: wake up brush
0: our teeth Go to work, slay some meetings, eat, exercise, nourish our minds with breaks from reality, face mask, sleep, rinse, repeat. During the course of 24 hours, we'll interact with people and discover things that contribute to our moods. Sometimes, those things can help enlighten us. To know there is someone in the universe so committed to a cause that they'll get animal and rights tattooed down on both arms for their vegan anniversary just makes me smile. What's good Moby? The dark side of this is not everything we see makes us happy or laugh. More often than not, we've had to get angry over what we learn about people and the ugly characters inside them. When being in a position of authority becomes a tool to abuse your power causing you to hurt so many people in the process the imperfect rise of a flawed human happens because toxicity permeates the world with no cleanse in sight cancel culture exists to get rid of these pagans but when will they truly be gone forever the best you can do is live your one life live knowing that humankind is made up of angels and demons who walk among us every day Live to protect your family, guiding your loved ones on the right path. The next generation needs us and it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Power comes in numbers, educate from experience, listen to your peers, own your mistakes, correct your wrongs, embrace your journey of betterment and be happy that you get to wake up and do it all over again. With love and light, big Pisces energy.
2: I feel like you're getting a little more extremist. (laughs) One of these days, we're going to hear really dark, deep thoughts. We're going to be like, whoa.
4: That was galaxy brain. I
1: love it. Wait,
4: that was you, right?
1: (laughs) What deep. the hell? what's your process <laughs> Yo. <laughs> my
4: favorite part of that is like when you would say a sentence and then we would hear your lips like go <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: <it's, laughs> that's
4: how I know it was deep
3: <laughs> bro, this is an adult sim show like waiting to happen man I'm telling you I like the Moby shout out yeah, yeah. that tattoo was is- is that nuts? That's nuts, right? I was like, whoa. Cause I, got, you I see s- it? No, no. Hmm? Oh, I it. okay. I got to describe it. So I, he tattooed animal rights straight down his arm. So no. like animal on his right, uh, rights on his left. I think so, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying backwards. to visualize it. Is it backwards? Maybe. <laughs> um, and it's like in, like, in bubble. <laughs> like that? it's, it's oh, like bubble it, five? yeah like it's like this and i remember i was like like i was like shocked and then like i was like oh this is cool and then i was like well, what the fuck this is nuts and then i just clicked it off i was like i blocked them. you got to make it visible
2: i see those tattoos every once in a while in the in the wild yeah in uh in prospect Park, Ooh. animal Some, uh,
4: rights or bubble font?
2: Uh, <laughs> maybe both. Bookswig definitely bubble <laughs> font. But I'll see like parents, uh, white parents, yeah, uh, who live in Prospect Park, the neighborhood, who have neck tattoos, who oh. who have a tattoo that will be like "Run Free"
3: or something. About their <laughs> <laughs> uh, just get, and just come great. on. It's use, very mobish. Use that money and like just put, like come on, come on. <laughs> Uh, I can't even talk man <laughs> we, uh, we can
0: rap with the Spice Rack uh, Do you know what the Spice Rack is Michelle? No uh, I really failed to prep Michelle with any of these <laughs> <laughs> uh, It is to give an unpopular strong take on anything um, I feel like we should probably revisit the Frank Ocean discography Because we didn't really rank them But mm. we can also
3: take it outside of music Okay I, I do Frank discography and something else uh, I think number one I think is Chanel Orange I think that's that's one then Blonde two Nostalgia three Endless four and then that that first I think uh, would you count that first mixtape well, yeah like 200 songs
0: Lonnie
4: Burrow
3: yeah yeah is that real though
4: no it's just a collection it's like people invented the mixtape it was just a collection of his Lucy's and stuff
3: okay yeah that, at least I think that would be my ranking and I guess I yeah I'll just stick to that yeah, we can start each take, I guess, with the ranking.
2: Rankings, I think Blondes mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of listen to Nostalgia Ultra more than Channel Orange. Mm. So maybe I'll put that up That's kind really spicy. Like it. Mm. Yeah, it's spicy. I really like on that tape how he kind of does cover songs and yeah. like he uses the vocals mm-hmm. on, like he downloaded them from mm-hmm. the internet, like on the Coldplay song. Mm-hmm. He still has the Chris Martin exactly. vocal on there and just yeah. sings on top of it. I think that's cool. Yeah um and then yeah channel orange and then endless i guess mm. not much love for endless on the side of the room <laughs> um hot take spicy take it's something that people disagree with or or agree oh, with fun. unpopular I, it's take been a while on anything oh mm, I, don't, I don't think it's that unpopular but i was listening to the new doja cat album on the way here Woo! it's really good i thought it was she's really. a fucking star oh, yeah she has like a daft punk sounding song in there. She cool. like she goes in so many directions. Yeah. Uh, and it all that, works. It all works. It's totally unexpected the way she goes with the production, but it's it's amazing. So props to her. I'm
3: sorry, I forgot to give my hot take. So yeah, was, something about Tyler and Keith? What yes. That... So all right. So this may sound fucking crazy, but <laughs> I was really had a discussion about this. So I was talking to my to my girlfriend and we we're like, if we were doing the documentary, like continuing hip hop evolution on Netflix, right? And then we're going to modern day, like who will be a chapter? So we agreed. All right, Kanye will definitely be a chapter. Che would be a chapter. Um, and then here's where it gets a little spicy. You get <laughs> you get diplomats, right? You get Rockefeller. I guess you go Jay then Rockefeller. You go yeah, you go Jay, then Rockefeller, and that take care of everything. Then you go G, you go Fifty Cent G Unit, and now modern day like fast forward. I can't think of everything we said. I think the only ones who have a chapter modern day. Tyler and Chief Keefe. I think everything after that is just like you think Atlanta the, rap. You think the most it, they Houston the, rap. They were both influential. I think they're within they're the, the this fire. last couple like whatever I guess 2011 2000 within the last like 5 to 10 years I think Chief Keefe and, and Odd Future Tyler are the two people that like legitimately seismic shift in like music. Like they need to be like pointed out in like post Keefe mm. Post-odd future. What about future, just future? Yeah. Like everyone. <laughs> everyone but imitated then, him. But yeah, future, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You got to go future. Not you saying, future. Not saying
4: yeah. that uh, this has the amount of like gravity that future Chief Keefe or Tyler has, but I feel like in the future, people look back and be like, oh, SoundCloud rap.
3: Oh, yeah. those
4: <laughs> villains super villains will be talked about <laughs> super that's villains. why that <laughs> would <laughs> be podcasts about them
3: that was a discussion i was like would it be like an overall chapter like atlanta or would you single out young thug and i was like i think you it'll be overall chapter i think it'll be overall like a group like you say atlanta mm-hmm. i'm not sure if there's like atlanta artists that like legit seismic change like holy shit this is now a different Fucking period that we're in. I'm not sure if it's like anyone <laughs> future maybe the last What one. about uh Wheezy? Little Wayne. No, but that's he counted it like in Before. like yeah. Oh, so okay. I count him mm-hmm. like yeah. you know, what Wayne, about you need bird. a Wayne. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Fred the godson. <laughs> what about Papoose, man? And so there was there was, <laughs> there was discussion, like would you say like Thug was one? Like would Thug get a chapter? Oh yeah. Would Travis get a chapter, a solo oh. chapter? And then, that's, <laughs> it's hard, right? Because you, like, you know how, dark chapter. like a seismic, like I'm like a right. seismic chain, like when Wayne did fucking Lollipop, it was like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Like everybody yeah. was it. And so I think Keith, when everyone heard don't like, it was like, okay, mm-hmm. we're, and saw the video, it was like, oh, we're in some different shit right now. Like this is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And then Tyler and our future, when they came out, this was like, whoa. Now they was talking about ASAP. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I could have been like New York. Quite. It would have been like yeah. New York. I would have been like New New York. And then uh, who was It was ASAP. It was Tyler. It was Doug. And then I argued. I thought oh, i argued argue um, the tour. I was like, the tour should be like their own thing. Because that young, young Doug Quan tape, Young Doug Quan Birdman, Mwah! Oh, it's great. That was so good, special. But yeah, Future definitely. I did not. I forgot about Future. So yeah, he's in there. he will be the last my one. My counter.
0: Cool. Um. So I. want to wrap. No. What's oh. your hot take? What's your? I
1: thought my, you were gonna my, oh, your.
0: your ranking you hot take. Your... Oh shit. Me. And your your rankings and hot take. Ooh. Oh okay. My rankings. Uh, I'm putting Endless first. Ooh. Um. I'm putting Nostalgia last. Mm. Put in blonde three and then Chanel two. Just the song? Ch- Chanel Chan- or- Channel orange, sorry. Chanel mm. orange, yeah.
4: Okay. Hot take?
0: Uh, Damn. You got to come back to me. I don't know. Wait. I don't. You're
4: the host. <laughs> you're the <that>
0: host. <laughs> damn it. <laughs>
1: you're supposed to. Gotcha. You
0: didn't prep any of us, that we We're doing this. Uh, I like kissing my teeth.
1: <laughs> what is that even mean? Cheek.
0: Okay.
3: What did you just say? He said, I like kissing his teeth. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh. it's like sucking on yeah. your teeth? Like,
3: my headphones like, went out, right? What he said. <laughs> I <swear laughs> And oh, I was like,
2: what? That's, Good. Not,
4: that's not spicy. A lot of people like doing that.
2: <laughs> I never heard it said like that. Kiss, my, I kiss my teeth. <laughs> it's, it's, deep thoughts.
4: Deep thoughts. That's a deep way to put it. Um, my ranking, number one, blonde. Number two, channel orange. Three, endless. Four, nostalgia. <laughs> um... And then my my spicy take, spicy I guess. Spicy
0: take, yeah. The um, flaming hot Cheeto take.
4: It's not that it's not a flaming hot level, but it reminded when Reed, when you were talking about how like you can't really tell people that you don't like Future.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, my version of that at Pitchfork was I couldn't really tell people that I didn't like Lord's melodrama <laughs> <laughs> because, because they went off. They were like, "This Ooh. album is everything," and I'm like. Is it? Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's a pitchfork column right there.
1: <laughs> um, but I felt like
4: I couldn't say anything because you know they're like you're a young woman you have to like Lord and I'm like okay right <laughs> that's it.
3: <laughs> Such a real emotion when you hear people talking about something. Like, oh, that's so great. You'd be like, really? <laughs> All right, quickly. Do you guys have one artist like that
2: in the past as well? Yeah, we've said our two. Ooh, wait. That, oh, that everyone fuck. else is like, but you haven't liked.
3: Oh. Damn. Uh, Ooh, shit. Uh, All right. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. on. (laughs) I'm going to think of something. Uh, Feels like everybody? Shit. That kind of just stumped me. Oh. That kind of just stumped me. Mm. There there definitely is someone. I'm just like, ah, I'm going to skip. Probably somebody. Damn. Bishop (laughs) Naru. Hey, man. bishops he's just going through a time right now, right? (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Fuck, I'm not sure, dude. I'm really. You might actually listen to this. I'm really stuck. I'm really stuck. All right, I'm not sure. Let's end it. Uh, How how
0: can people follow you?
4: Oh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. It's the same handle at Mishka Kim. M e e s h k a k i m. That's me
0: you're a dj yeah when's your next oh DJ yeah year? uh
4: i don't know if i'm gonna have one before the end of the year but yeah i just started djing this year it's really fun sweet and uh, you can follow my goings on on social
0: what is uh something um like something you're working on coming up
4: oh um well i started this last year i think i'm gonna do it again um Last year, I started just like a personal zine. I didn't really print it out. It was just an online zine. Nice. About my year in music, my rankings, stuff I liked working on, my general thoughts about the year. And I think this year, I'm going to make a mix to go with it.
1: Nice. Cool. Yeah. All
0: right, Rap Writer Show. Yay. Right. Thanks
4: for having me.